0: Welcome to Sandy Alemian's Soul Studio Podcast. This is a time out for you to feel some peace and a connection to your soul and to God. You'll hear raw, real, honest conversations offering a different perspective about life and death to bring you to a place of hope, healing, and encouragement. So now, here's your host, author, healer, and medium, Sandy Alenian.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness, you guys, today you are in for a treat. This is the first of a series of episodes that I'm going to be doing with my dear friend, Linda Pistana. Linda and I met each other, oh goodness, probably 20 years ago when our first books came out at the same time. Six years ago. She had an accident at home that left her with a spinal injury, and now she's a quadriplegic. I go visit her pretty much every week, and I am blown away by some of the conversations that we've had about fear, about what it's like living life as a paraplegic. Linda was always one of the most positive human beings that I knew, and she still is In this episode, we talk about love, we talk about fear, how she moves through her dark moments. She talks about her near-death experience. So I'm going to invite you into our conversation that's being held at her home. My hope and my prayer is that this conversation touches your heart somehow. Why don't we just jump into the deep end, Linda? Oh, no pun intended. (laughs) No, I I don't remember the question I asked you, but it was something like, how do you feel God in these moments? And you were saying sometimes you don't.
0: That's right. We don't feel God. Mm -hmm. And there was such a period during these six years. I mean, you can imagine how long six years is and so many elements of grief and pain and... Loss and insecurity and feeling like nothing. And when you feel like nothing, nothing exists.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you want to start at the beginning? You don't have to. You can start anywhere you want to. About, About your accident?
0: Yes, of course. Six years ago. It was a Tuesday morning, I got up like a normal morning and I had a lot on my plate that day because we were leaving the next day to go to Jamaica and being such a a person that wants everything just perfect. Mm -hmm. I was watering the plants, I was putting things away, I was making sure everything was packed because we were leaving early in the morning. And I knew Louie was going to take me out for supper because I didn't want to (laughs) cook. And so I was having chest pains. Now, I knew that it probably was my hiatal hernia, but I had had it the night before, and I was a little scared. So I said, I'm going to try something. I'm going to try a nitro, and I'll know by that. So I, it was around quarter past seven. I put a nitro under my tongue, and it happened so fast.
1: Is that the first time you'd taken one? Yes. Mm.
0: And I was all alone, but I'm alone every morning. So I took it, put it under my tongue, and I was putting my phone in my, my pocketbook because I had a client at eight o'clock and I had a few things to do before I left. All of a sudden I got extremely dizzy, like I had never gotten dizzy. I said, what's going on? And I put my head down on the coffee bar and my, I was sitting half on the chair and half off and I must have passed out. I fell backwards, hit my head on the corner of the wall, and I must have been down for a few minutes. And I woke up and I felt so good. I said, what if I do it down here on the floor? And I started laughing to myself.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> and I saw one foot up on the wall. I said, oh my God. <laughs> and I tried to move to get myself up, and I couldn't move. I couldn't move. I said, Oh my God. I want to call for help. So, in my loudest voice, I said,
1: How? Mm.
0: No voice came out. I said, Oh my God.
1: Nobody was home, right?
0: I was all alone. So I tried moving my hand, see if I could pound on the floor. Couldn't do that. So I laid there. The one...
1: Were you in any pain at all?
0: No pain. Wow. The one good thing was I knew that our cleaning lady was coming in at 8 o'clock. So I said, don't be scared, Mm -hmm. you could do this, and everything went through my head. I thought, oh my God, we're leaving for Jamaica tomorrow, that's not going to happen. Oh my God, we're buying a new condo, that doesn't matter, does it, I'm going to die. Oh, my God. I'm so afraid. There was nothing I could do. And I laid there, and I said, Oh, my God. When we die, we can't take anything with us. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing matters. Nothing in life matters. And I can't take anything with me. The only thing I can leave behind, really, Linda, is kindness. Mm -hmm. Did I leave anything behind? Mm -hmm. Was I good enough?
1: These are all the thoughts that went through your mind. Wow.
0: And then I said, oh my God. I didn't say goodbye to Louis. Mm -hmm. Oh Jesus, let me have the opportunity to say goodbye to him before I die. Is that too much? All of a sudden, it was almost 20 minutes of eight, after I cried my eyes out oh my with no tissue to wipe my eyes off my nose, <laughs> And the key turned, and she came in. I said, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. She says, where are you? I said, I'm on the floor. She came over and she tried to pick me up. And I said, don't move me. Just call my Louie. I need to talk to him. Tell him to call him home. But don't scare him. And then called my wife. And she did both. And I lied there. Please let Louis come home." Mm. And Louie and the EMTs walked in the door at the same time. All I hear is, what happened? Oh my God, what happened? Mm. And I said, Louie, Louie, come here. And uh-huh. the EMTs would let him come. I said, Louie, I love you. Oh, Always remember I love you. And that voice, Linda, I can't talk. <laughs> this is Linda. And then the EMT said, Linda, you've got to stay still. Mm-hmm. Don't move. We're going to pick you up and put you on the stretcher. I said, give me just a few more minutes, please. Please don't touch me. And they said, Linda, we have to put you on the stretcher. And as they were picking me up, I was hurting so bad.
1: Oh, you my were neck, hurting. Oh, your neck, neck was hurting. Okay.
0: And they wanted to put that
1: collar.
0: Oh, it was a big collar on me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, "Oh, don't, don't, don't put it on, please, don't put it on." And they said, "Linda, we have to put it on." And I passed out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the story begins. Yeah. The one thing I remember is i'm gonna be okay but going take me to the hospital, and they're going to give me something
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i'll I'll be back to normal
1: because you're a strong, resilient woman, Linda
0: I really thought that mm-hmm. I wanted to do that for Louis mm. he had been through enough, so they brought me to. Zinian's Hospital, and Jennifer had gotten me an outfit, and I had my new outfit on.
1: They, you were wearing that one?
0: Yes. <laughs> and I get there. I do remember this. They said, let's take her jewelry off because her fingers may swell. Mm-hmm. And then they came with a pair of scissors, cut my clothes off. I said, this is a new <laughs> outfit. Oh. <laughs> this is oh. a new outfit. <laughs> my daughter got for me. Don't cut it. Oh, my God. Like, it mattered, right? I know. <laughs> and I kept passing out. Anyway, I was, they knew I had to go someplace else. Yeah. So they brought me. They brought me to Rhode Island Hospital, and Louie had all these decisions to make, because supposedly I wasn't going to make it. They gave me two days to live. I went in the operating room, and I must have been there six hours, six to eight hours. And the doctor came out, and he looked at Louie, and he said, Lou, I don't think your wife's going to make it. But if she makes two days, she's going to end up either with a trach feeding tube and oxygen the rest of her life. Now, Sandy, can you imagine hearing that? Your wife may not live. Oh, he went through hell.
1: Oh, I can imagine.
0: Oh, my God. My sisters came. Fred's came. They said it was so hard watching him. I can't imagine.
1: Especially being so sudden.
0: I was in intensive care. And the next day, now I don't remember any of this, Sandy. I don't remember the first 15 days. Because it was really, it was was supposedly touch and go. (laughs) The doctor came in, and my eyes were open, and he said, is there anything I can get you, Linda? I said, yeah, I want to sit in the chair. (laughs) No, I want to sit. And he said, oh, we can bring the bed up. He said, no, no, I want to sit in a chair. Mm. He said, Linda, I've never heard of a patient asked to sit up after having the surgery that you had. Wow. I said, well, I'm different. So this is, I'm told that I said this. And then I guess he told me what chances I had. And I said, oh no, I'm gonna kick ass, I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> Then my husband knew I was going to make it. (laughs) Wow. And you know what? I did. I never had a trach. I never had a feeding tube at that time. Yeah. No oxygen. Wow. So.
1: So it's been six years. Yes. I can only imagine that you would have had to grieve a lot of stuff from your life. Did that come all at once? Was that a little bit at a time?
0: A little bit at a time. Yeah.
1: I, I would imagine that's all the brain can process. It's,
0: yes, right. That's all I could process.
1: Yeah.
0: I was taken to Spalding in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it was acute care hospital. So a lot I was on the spinal cord floor, of course. And they treated me like, they treated me like I wasn't going to do anything, you know. And I fought them. So I said to Louis, like it was probably two weeks later, or three weeks, because I had so many little things that propped up while I was there, my blood pressure tanked. They tried to sit me up and mm. it would just drop. So they laid me back down again, so I didn't do a whole lot of moving. I was in this bed that was all white sheets. The room was white, but I died and went to heaven. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Louis was at my side 24-7. He didn't leave me. And I couldn't move. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a professor. I picked it up. I mean, but I never thought I was a quadriplegic. Mm. And I could not say that word mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I wasn't that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was just Frozen. Mm. I couldn't move.
1: I was just frozen.
0: I was just frozen. It was ah. going to thaw out. And I said, look Lou, my little fingers are already beginning to thaw out. Mm. Uh-huh. How I wish. But that's what kept me alive. What did? Thinking I wasn't anything but frozen.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: And the nurse came over and they wanted to see if i had the ability to take part in a a new a new something that would they'd put in your body and it would help you to move mm-hmm. but i had to be able to i had to be able to do certain things right and I wasn't able to do it, but I was determined to do it. And she said to me, Linda, of course you know you're a quadriplegic. Mm. And I said, who is? (laughs) Who's that girl? (laughs) It's not me. And she says, Linda, you're not gonna be able to move your body from your neck down.
1: Did she say, like, ever or for now?
0: No, she didn't say forever. She didn't say for now. Yeah. She just figured out I knew what that word meant. Mm -hmm. And of course I did. I was on the other side of the bed for years working with people. But I still, my head would not let me say I'm not going to move. So I said, I'm going to kick ass, honey. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk.
1: So it's six years.
0: Yes. Six years later.
1: I would imagine there's a lot of wisdom you have.
0: You know, I had to confront so many issues. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do if I have to? And I can't. Mm. What am I going to do for Louis if I'm like this? You can't take care of me.
1: It's interesting. You kept thinking about Louis
0: all the time.
1: Wow. And what it was going to be like for him, and not really what it was going to be like for you. All the time. Is that how you lived your life before, too? Yeah, I get it. I never loved
0: a person like I love Louis. Louis really taught me how to love Mm -hmm. God. Really? In a different way. Really? Because if he could love me unconditionally, how could my God... Not love me unconditionally, but
1: Linda, you were a nun i would my assumption is a nun would already know that no Mm-mm. that's my assumption anyway Mm-mm. really i i think I guess I think of anybody in any sort of religious life like that's a given they must know that, and they don't have fear because they trust in God completely, and they they walk with God and they but they're human aren't they. <laughs> We're no. all
0: human. Number one, we're all wow. human. And it's not that I didn't know God's love for me. Yeah. Or I didn't believe that God loved me. It had nothing to do with that.
1: This was love in action.
0: This is I felt, wow. physically felt. Unconditional love for me.
1: And could you, was that easy for you to receive?
0: Oh my God, I thought I had died and went to heaven.
1: Mm. And
0: I'm not, you know, I, wow. I think I worked my whole life trying to make people love me
1: mm-hmm. for
0: who I was. Me too, Linda.
1: Me so too. the
0: only way was doing. Yes. Because if I did yes.
1: something. Yes, then they would love me.
0: They would, yeah, they would believe in me
1: that I'm worthy of being loved.
0: I never felt it. Wow. Until you being... married me.
1: But I think so many people are going to be able to identify with this, oh. that we feel like we have to do something in order to earn love, in order to feel love or lovable.
0: You said something to me the last time that I have been mulling Uh-oh. around what in was my mind. Was it good? Mind. Was wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You said Linda, before you do anything, you have to be Linda.
1: I said that. No, I've
0: said. I've heard. I said that. You said that to me.
1: So wise. I don't remember saying that. Oh yeah, you said that to me,
0: (laughs) and I'm saying.
1: What does that even mean?
0: That's what I kept (laughs) saying. What the hell does she mean? (laughs) Be Linda.
1: Oh be, oh okay yeah be you yes yeah be you you
0: know it's when I, we were talking about me mm-hmm. as a handicap that's where it was yeah and you said just be linda
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that makes the difference and i kept saying, be just be hey
1: linda what for most of my life i masked who I was so that I could fit in, so that I would appear a certain way. I think it's now only in my life in the last few years that I'm letting people see me for who I am, that I'm not this, I, I'm human, you know, and, I, and it's hard and it's vulnerable to let people see the parts of me that I don't think are pretty or I don't think are perfect or I don't think are polished enough or... And it's like we were talking before about, like, well, who am I if I'm not helping somebody? Do I have worth? If I'm not a helper, if I'm not doing something. And I left here last week from you, and I'm like, she is the true definition of a human being, not a human doing. Like we are human beings first, right? It like, that's, and is our being enough? I never thought my being was enough. And I'm here to tell you, your beingness is changing my life. And whoever is going to be listening to this, whoever I can now share this with, you're going to be touching them in the ripple effect. Isn't that wild to think that our being is enough? Like, what if we knew that, that being
0: And it's so easy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's two letters. B E. B. And it's true. Again, like you said, it's not. The being is doing something, but to be is stopping. Yeah.
1: Which is so hard sometimes.
0: And to recognize that. That's our job. It's just to be. And I don't think of it as being much because you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always doing something. Mm-hmm. I, never, I never stayed idle because it was wasting time. Mm-hmm. I never gave myself permission. So the two things nice. is. I didn't know how to play. I
1: can't believe you're saying this.
0: I didn't. I never gave myself permission to play. I always felt like I had to learn something or Same do something.
1: Same. Because like, if you're playing, are you valuable? Are you, if you're playing, are you proving something about yourself? Like, is playing enough? Is being enough? I know the answer deep down inside, but my, my brain and fear tells me otherwise.
0: So can we
1: talk about God?
0: I would love to talk about my friend. Mm. Louis well, we always says, there's someone in front of me, but always says she loves God and then she loves me. I said, "Well, Louis, that's the truth. He just rolled with the punches.
1: Who Louis? Louis. Oh, Louis. Yeah.
0: Which brought me to a closer relationship with my God. And I've always had something with God. And that's why God has not I have not felt God in my life like... I always knew God was there because my mother told me God was there in heart in the hardest of times. So I just believed what my mother said and wanted to make a difference in this world. Like when I entered the convent, I you know you'd leave with the Bible and rosary. I didn't have either of them with me. Mm -hmm. I was going to, you know, do things for people and be available to people and choose religious life as a way of not being, you know, united with a husband and children. I was going to be there for everybody. Those are really big dreams, huh? Yeah. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, join a group that was, So present to people and lovable, yeah, and be
1: of service.
0: And so, when I knew that, let go of that part of my life after being of service for twenty-five years, I didn't know what I was going to do, where I was going to go.
1: Wow. So you had to re-identify who you were. I had to right? identify
0: myself as.
1: And don't you think you're going through this now, like in a whole different way?
0: In a brand new way.
1: Right. Yes. So, how how did you navigate your feelings about God through this accident and afterwards?
0: You know, at first. I believe that God said okay because I had a near-death experience and I saw something so powerful. I saw the light. I saw my life go before me. I saw all the mistakes I made all the things I did and didn't do, all the people I didn't forgive. And I just kept going closer and closer. To the light. And it was, it was just, I was drawn to it. There was so much love. I can't tell you the power of love. It was just like catching me. I couldn't breathe. And yet I saw... At the same time I saw my family and I was crying because I didn't want to leave them but I was kept going and all of a sudden this voice, it wasn't a man or a woman, it was like an angelic voice said to me, Linda, it's not your time. Mm. Why, why? And I woke up on the floor, and I was so peaceful and so happy.
1: When did this happen, Linda?
0: This is the when I first fell.
1: First oh, oh, all of this happened that first morning. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't recall that.
1: Yeah. When did, you, when did you recall that?
0: I didn't recall it until I was at, at Spaulding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And no one was with me. I was all alone. Wow. In this white cloud. Everyone was walking around in white. And I was in a bed full of white <laughs> sheets mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pillows because they had me all propped up.
1: Did you, so did you, when you came back, like, when you recall that, did you get angry? Like, why, why was I not allowed to stay there? Or no, did you not get angry?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't have angry feelings. I said, I have to be here for Louie. And, you know, when you come back to Earth, I guess you leave that moment. And I still have it in my heart. And people say, are you sure? Are you sure that happened? And you know, I've come to the point of saying, if it happened or if it didn't happen, mm-hmm. that's what I recall. Hundred percent, yes. You know, so you could say no, and maybe it was a no. Maybe it but was a dream. But you have
1: the feeling of it, Linda.
0: But the feeling yes. is there, and that I know. And, so, do yes. I talk about it, Sandy? I don't talk about it too much because I've had so many, so many people say differently. Really? Oh yeah. Some people say, wow. oh my god and other people look at me you know when they, you know mm-hmm. that they, they <laughs> think and you're not <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, I so, love that. And so you can go back and recall that feeling.
0: I go back.
1: Nice.
0: I, I just go back and I see that big Huge ball of light.
1: And Linda, this is what I imagine is waiting for every single one of us after we leave this earth plane. And that's why when I work with spirit, they describe that
0: all the time. Do you know who I thought of? Who? Your little girl. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. I saw so many people.
1: Wow. So is that always with you, or do you kind of vacillate between... Remembering that and then being kind of kerplunked into the...
0: Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the mind has great ways of letting you know yeah. that it, you've got to deal with what you're dealing with. And it's, it's a mixture. Because at first it really, it, it was like I was tucked in mm-hmm. and I was safe. But then it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And it goes more than it comes. Mm. Because I'm in this body. I'm still in this body. And I said, You could have cured me. You could have healed me. I mean, why do I have to go through all of this crap?
1: That's a great question. And, I mean,
0: that's not fair. And? And I. Did I, you ever
1: get an answer to that, Linda? Never. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't feel, I don't feel God's presence. I feel God's strength
1: mm-hmm.
0: and God's love. But I don't feel God.
1: So does it come in as a knowing?
0: It comes in yeah, as a knowing That's what I said too.
1: Yeah. Apparently you're not done.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Very kind. Very kind thought. My God, I'm not done. We're
1: not done. We're not done with you.
0: No. And you know, I keep saying that someone said to me.
1: (laughs) Did you want to be done, Linda? Well, you
0: know, there are times that I did. Yeah. And then I was in the hospital. This is a quick little story. I was at the hospital. And I kept passing out. And... They didn't know what was causing it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be talking to Louie, and all of a sudden I'd go,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it happened again. <laughs> and I said to God, I said, God, why don't you just take me? Mm-hmm. And after I said that, I passed out. Wow. And someone came that I had said, you know, I wish God would take me. And she said, I said to her, I hope God didn't hear me. Who said that? (laughs) I did. Because I think I want to live. (laughs) Mm. We all say that at different times.
1: Yeah, because sometimes the moments just get too hard. Too hard. Too hard. I've said that so many times in my life, Linda, God, I can't do this. It's too hard. And then I somehow get through it. Yeah. You know, you're going through a hard thing.
0: You don't know how many times I laugh at myself. Mm. I literally laugh at myself because it's so funny. You know, here I am. I'll take care of you, don't worry. Mm. I'll say that to someone. I'll take care of you. If you need me, you call me. And then I say, Oh Jesus, I can't even pick the vote up
1: you know but you take care of people in different ways, <laughs> uh,
0: don't you? I too, but you know when you You think of, oh yeah, I've got to take care of that person. I have had many dark moments. Can imagine many storms. How do you get through them? But that's the mystery, and that's where I see God. What's the mystery, Linda? The mystery of how can someone go through so much?
1: Yeah. How do you go? Like, like, help me understand. Like, bring me inside of you, inside of your brain inside of your mind, how do you move through a dark moment?
0: I am such a thinker. Mm -hmm. I've always been a thinker because I try to solve problems. Well, when you're paralyzed and you can't move but your head and my fingers Doing better with those, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to move my hand to feed myself. Mm-hmm. When you're incapable, you're so dependent on others to take care of you. And God has been taking care of me.
1: Mm-hmm. Through other people?
0: He has not. He has not let me down. He has sent me the right people in my life at the right time to say the right thing, Sandy. <laughs> it's true.
1: To hear, to hear you say, God has not let you down, I just want to take a moment with that. Mm-hmm. I just need to take a moment. God has not let me down true because I can I, I'll just speak personally I have felt let down for far far less Linda and and then I realized oh okay I realized after the fact you no know, that was there to help me to grow it was there to help me to learn or teach something or but in the moment there are some moments when I'm going through the tough stuff I I don't know if I forget about God, but I can't feel God in that moment when I'm in whatever emotional pain that I'm going through. I can't feel God in that moment.
0: It's only in hindsight, Sandy. right? It's only in hindsight. So
1: for me, when I go through tough moments, I have to I I have to feel it first. I guess just I have to feel it. I have to feel the sadness first and I cry and I sob and then I will ask myself what am I afraid of what am I really afraid of and that's when I ask God to come in Mm -hmm. and I'll say God help me look at this fear
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that's when I feel God that's when I get God's perspective and that lifts me I have to reach the fear first so does anything scare you? at this point. So this is where we leave off for today. In the next few episodes with Linda, we're going to be talking about how she moves through some of her dark times, how she's had to let go and how she does it because there's so many things that she's had to let go of, not being able to move from the neck down. I don't know about you, but so often in my life, it's going to make me want to cry. I will sometimes forget to be grateful for even the little things and whenever I'm with Linda Linda is so grateful just to be alive and I leave her house in such gratitude for being in her presence and I say thank you God for every little thing in my life and one of the things that I'm grateful for is you you are here for a reason that you might not even know yet but your presence alone is so beautiful and so precious And I want to say thank you for being you. Thanks so much for listening in today. I can't wait to share more of these conversations that will help you to heal your heart and help you to feel more connected and peaceful. Until next time, see you then.
0: Thank you so much for listening in. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. If you'd like to work with Sandy privately, go to sandyalemian.com to learn more.
1: Thank you for tuning in.